sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. I like tacos. Mañana, viernes, ma sábado y domingo estaré atendiendo... Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Black Shirt Mixtape. My name is Jesse, and I'm going to be taking you on a uh, an interesting sonic journey for the next hour or so. Uh, so I've had some guests on the show from the um, Instagram vinyl community in the past. Uh, I've had uh, my daughters on the show, um, but now I've actually got some I've really been looking forward to. I've got uh, one of my oldest closest friends back from our days in San Diego. I've got Corey White on the line. Corey, are you there? Hey, what's up? What is going on, my friend? I'm super pumped uh, that you yeah. uh, that you agreed to come on the show. And it's very special because it's all ska. Love it. We're going to so be talking excited. about all ska. And the reason why I, well, one of the reasons why I, I wanted you to come on the show is because you are actually the catalyst that introduced me to this genre of music that, I mean, it changed my life. I mean, I, I, you are part of two pretty big uh, musical um, movements in my life. The, the first, and I, I, think, I think we need to, to let the listeners know that um, before, we were, uh, before we got into ska, you and I were in an awesome Cure cover band in high yep, school. For sure. Uh, called Ed's I can't say I can't say without laughing, but it was uh, Ed's cat, and it's not. Uh, it was Ed as O E D uh, as a nod to uh, to Oedipus Rex because you know we were so clever in high school. Um, we had to be as pretentious as possible. I mean, look, you know, when, when that's all you have going for you, I think that you got to grab grab onto whatever you can. But um, we we were in this uh, this great cover band, and we we played a bunch of stuff. And then things changed, um, and I, I want I want to hear from you because I, I remember I remember my and it may be a little distorted so many years on, but I remember the day when our band switched from Cure to Ska. But tell me kind of how you uh, how you got into Ska because it was a pretty it it seemed to me like it was a very sudden change from 
you know, boys don't cry into like <laughs> too much, too young or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think for me, um, my friend Shelby had always had, he had, uh, the English beat records. Um, and that's really where I think it all started for me. Kind of the original, the very first, uh, beat record was just amazing. I'm sure we'll hear some of that music tonight because you can't do Scott without that. Uh, and then I think the other thing that happened was another friend of ours had a mixtape that was kind of like supposed to be a bunch of like kind of rude and mean-spirited songs. Right. And uh, Nightclub by the Specials was on that that mixed, mixed uh, cassette tape. And we listened to that over and over again. And that's what got me into the Specials. And then right into that first, you know, then of course I had to go out buy that album, that's the first Specials album. Uh, and then just, I, it was on from there. I just fell in love with that music from just right out of the gate. Was that other friend, Chad Gauthier? No, it was, it was Karen Graham. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause Chad Gauthier, yeah. I remember he, he played nightclub for me. That was like the first time I had ever heard it. Ah. And I remember yeah, driving. he always had a great taste in music too. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's interesting. Cause let me tell you how I remember it. <clears throat> so we were practicing in our friend, our good friend, Josh Dyer's uh, house you know, God, yep. bl God bless his mom for allowing a bunch of teenage boys to <laughs> actually God bless all of our mom. I think my, my, I should give a shout out to my mom too. We had a lot as the drummer, you always have a lot of band practice at your house, but, um, you know, uh, playing a lot of cure, uh, probably some joy division, uh, stuff along that you line. And I remember, this is how I remember it. We were sitting in Josh's house. You were late for practice, which was Par, that was pretty typical. that was pretty typical for you <laughs> and it was me and josh and scott quinney and we were sitting there noodling around and you walked in and i don't remember who you were with i don't remember her name but you, who was it cam glenn okay you yeah. you walked in uh your hair at that point was long uh it was cut short um you had a trench coat on and you had your Doc Martens on, but you had your jeans kind of rolled and pegged. And you yep. pulled a tape out of your jacket and you're like, we need to, you need to, you need to hear this. I want you guys to hear this. <laughs> and we were like, okay. And you put it in and you played the specials. And after the song was over, you turned around and you looked at us and you're like, we're going to be a ska band now. <laughs> and I remember being super pumped. I was like, this is great. Like, I, I mean, as a drummer, like what drummer wouldn't be oh, excited yeah. about playing ska, right? Like that's the, that's the driving force, you know, that and, and, and the rhythm guitar and, and the horn yep. section. Um, I remember the other guys, not, not too, not so much interested in playing ska. Uh, right. I think they all kind of said, we'll stick around until you find some other members, um, that want yeah. to play ska. Um, but that's kind of how I remember it. And I think from there, like, kind of like you, like, uh, you know, everything kind of just took off from, you know, the specials, English beat madness, the selector, um, you know, really getting into that awesome scene of, of two-tone ska and then actually going back and, and, you know, learning about the first wave, uh, you know, Bob Marley yeah. and Toots and the Maytals and, you know, all that, that good stuff. And, yeah. 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 And then, you know, growing up in Southern California, we were extremely lucky to, to get to see like a ton of those bands. And I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about this, the third wave, um, of yeah. ska that hit us, but, uh, that opening track, um, was obviously one step beyond by madness. And, um, I, I just love that track. I love that band so much. And it's funny because a lot of these bands started out as ska and they ended up being very pop right they mm -hmm. a, as time went on and they gained more popularity i mean you know you look at madness like our house is it's skyy um yeah you know but then you have songs like wings of a dove and it must be love and stuff like that that's not really ska so i think it's no and there was they had a bunch of albums like several albums after uh you know even after our house that were like super english sort of mod pop really yep um downbeat i mean that's i think one of the things that was so much fun about scott is just the tonality tonally that music is it's so upbeat and i mean to your point about being the drummer and like how exciting and high energy is to play in that versus kind of some of the like you know deep heavy uh you know cure and you know <laughs> right. synth beats of of uh you know, of new order, which I mean, it's great music. Not that we're knocking it. We, we want to be clear. No, no, we're not, not knocking it at all. I mean, that's <laughs> no, still, but I mean, just, yeah. I think 
that was one of the changes like that. I just loved, it was just such a high energy, um, you know, kind of exciting kind of music to play. And that, I mean, back to one step beyond, I mean, that song makes me want to dance now. Yeah. <laughs> makes me wish I had my, my boots and my, my suspenders on. <laughs> right. Doing a little, little skanking, little skanking going on. Oh man. Yeah. It's such a um, great song. Okay, so we're going to jump into some specials, right? So uh, this is actually one of my, I can't remember if you put this on the list or if I did, but it's one of my favorite songs of theirs. It's a live version, and it is called uh, Too Much Too Young. Awesome. Hey, you! No, it's not. See, what is going on tonight? I am like off my game, Corey. It's all good. I am off my game. All right, this track is... Track two, not track one. That's right. This is Too Much Too Young by the specials. <laughs> Too much, too young. You don't too much, much too young. You're married with a kid when you could be having fun with
so uh, that right there so that's the big three right so we we played some songs for madness uh specials and english beat um i think i don't know who's your favorite if you had to pick of those three yeah if we're gonna take the big three right because i mean you've got a bunch of other bands that were kind of like nipping at their heels and whatnot um but out of the out of those who's your favorite if you had to pick well for a long time i mean i probably have more i mean madness has by far the biggest collection because neither one of those other two bands did more than about three or four albums right. um so for a long time i collected everything that madness ever did but i gotta say probably probably the beat are my favorite in the three yeah so that first album that you just played that track off is just amazing and then they got a little more Caribbean and I think save it for later might be one of my favorites like top 10 songs of all time well in it's, any genre yeah and it's interesting because you know I mentioned earlier how a lot of these bands really kind of went poppy but out of all the out of all all of them you know English beat was always the one they had the the really hooky choruses the very lush tracks and then they got to special beat service which was their swan song yeah. right that was so yeah they only put out three records before they split but that to me that record front to back special beat service is probably one of my i don't know top yeah 10 all-time favorite records and it's not without a doubt it's not very ska i mean it's got some ska in there but it's very I mean, like, it's pop it's um it, it's like it's uh you know caribbean it's yeah it's straight it's got a lot of reggae it's got a lot of like dance hall and I mean, yeah like yeah for sure it definitely broadened the scope uh, from what they did originally, but yeah, I mean, it's got just some amazing tracks on there. That's, yep. that's a, yeah, I agree with you. That's like a top 10 album. You know, and it's funny because, um, I, I, I read something recently and I, I think I mentioned this on another episode of the show, but when I was reading how, when Thatcher was in power, like all the great bands that came out of the Thatcher era, I mean, there's a lot, if you go back and there was a lot of, oh, yeah. there was a lot of strife in the UK, you know, there was a lot of a lot of um you know uh people that were upset with the government and just upset with you know everything in general and you could hear it come out of the music and i think um you know i think the specials in the english beat more than madness really kind of tapped into that angst if you will um and really produced some great music um I'm going to play a track next uh i think you picked this one and it's by a group called bad manners uh it's a tra it's a track called lip up fatty i'm not sure if you picked this one if you picked a different one but no i think i'd probably pick this one okay i mean there's 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 a bunch of there's a bunch of their music too but this is there's sort of without a doubt they're like seminal hit for but, sure yeah this it's is a fantastic song it's a fantastic song i'm not super big on novelty rap music like and i feel like these guys sometimes unfairly get pushed into like novelty just because their lead singer was like this big bald, you know, this big bald dude. And with like a Gene Simmons tongue. Too. Yeah. Just, I mean, if, you, <laughs> if it, yeah, for those of you listening, if, if you really want to go back on YouTube and just go look for some old bad manners, uh, live, live stuff, you'll, you'll definitely, uh, it's interesting. So we're going to play a track they're, called, they're, uh, it's a really fun show to see live for sure. For sure. All right. Here's lip up yeah. fatty by bad manners.
so much fun. Such a <laughs> such a great song. Were you dancing in in your? Oh, of course I was. Nice, nice. I play that. Can't, st- can't not dance to that song. Now, do you play this stuff for your kids? Do your kids like? Uh, or are they just like whatever, Dad? A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> right. They get they get some of this, but yeah, I get a lot of high rolls. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll kind of like uh, you know, my my kids are at that age now where they want to like control the the music that they hear in the car. And oh yeah, I'm pretty much like that's fine, like whatever you want to listen to. But uh, every once in a while, I'll throw in some ska. And they'll be like, "Oh, that was a pretty good song. Who was that?" I'm like, "See, see, ah. I wouldn't steer you wrong." Um, yeah. So uh, we talked a little bit about um, English beat, and we talked a little bit about a good friend of ours, also uh, named Shelby, uh, Shelby Brown. And I am going to play a song. Um, this was actually the first song that I heard um, from the English Beat, which is weird because it was off their second album. I think I had listened to, I, I, I'm trying to think. I think I, I got into the specials first and then Madness and then English Beat was was last. And it's it's funny because they are actually my, like you, they are my favorite uh, out, of yeah. all, out of all the group. I mean, I love them all. I, um you know, I love the specials, like for me, like the specials, I think they all bring something different, right? Like they, they all stir yep. up a, a different kind of emotion or a different kind of energy within you. But, um, I heard this song, um, at Shelby Brown's house. I remember we were, we were, I don't know what we were doing. We were hanging out in, in his room and he had, um, I don't know how I even remember this, but he had some speakers like in his closet, like they were on like a top shelf, <laughs> like one speaker in there and like one in his room. I don't know. And this song came on and I was like, I remember stopping and, and like turning to him and saying, who is this? Like, who sings this song? And he was like, well, dude, it's English beat. And I'm like, oh my God. And, uh, and that is Doors of Your Heart. And um, oh, yeah. I, I, to this day, whenever I hear this song, like it, it, I don't know, it brings me right back to, to hearing it for the first time. But um, I, I think that this really, for me, this epitomizes like how great, the beat were at writing a good pop song, like a, uh, a pop song with like reggae and ska influence. Um, and they did that so brilliantly on them on really all of their records, but, um, on this song particularly. So enjoy a little bit of doors of your heart. Because it's 
Strictly love and unity we are dealing today And that we will never throw away And we will never throw away So there, there's a definite turning point in uh, Madness's career, and it was right around this time when they hooked up with a production duo called uh, named Clive, Clive Langer and Alan Winstanley. 
And that's when they actually recorded like this, right? This cover wasn't even their song. It's not, it's not an original, mm. right? It was a cover. And then that's when they, I think they made their pivot to like doing more commercially, like our house on the wings of a dove, like all that good stuff that was under that production duo. They've done a ton of stuff, but um, I love that song. I, that was a great segue from doors of your heart into, yeah, into it must yeah. be love. It's great. That, you know, the thing that I think jumps out at me um, in doors of your heart is, listening to saxo play the, the saxophone like just the absolute beauty and brilliance of that that guy who was like probably 20 years older than anybody else in the band right but just the most amazing saxophone just breathy and i mean just love just absolutely defined that band in so many ways yep and and that you bring up a really great point and i think that you know up until then i really you know uh, a horn section became really like instrumental to me in, in what i listened to i mean you look at bands like Wango Boingo, you know, No Doubt, yeah. like all that, you know, horns, horns, horns. Like if it's got horns in it, you're halfway there to, to being a good song, like in my book. Um, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I, I never got to see, you know, growing up in Southern California, we, I mean, we saw Dave Wakeling. I don't know how many times you've seen him, but oh, I think I, yeah. yeah, like all the time the dude was living. He, I think he still, does he still live like in, in LA? He lives in Dana Point. I, he lives in Dana Point. Yeah. In Orange County. Okay. So yeah. Um, and he played all the time. Like we saw him everywhere, which was great as an English beat fan. Cause you're like, this is great. He's, it's not the band, but it's him, which is good enough uh yeah. you know for now uh but i never i always wanted to go back over to to the uk and go see madness um when they reunited and uh the specials uh, a couple years ago they put out a not a bad album uh yeah. it wasn't great but it was it was pretty good it was listenable um but i got to see i, I got to see international beat play which was they wake and kind of played on his own and rank and roger Yep, sort of resurrected international beat without him, and I got to see them at the Starlight Bowl oh in San Diego. God, probably Bowl. after, probably after college, probably like '96, maybe. Okay, and then, um, and then, yeah, I saw Dave Wakeling. He would come to Santa Barbara and play when I was living there. Uh, probably two, three times a year, he played in this little bar that we used to go to all the time. It was a dance, like a nightclub, and we would we would see him. I probably saw him a dozen times in college. Dude, that guy um, must have gotten so much tail. <laughs> <laughs> i'm well, sorry i don't know why i said that. i never no I, it's uh, funny i never understood how um he was playing in these little tiny clubs i mean he must have made a ton of money but he can't have been making that much money playing in those little clubs i just think he loved to play music live you know and i, I think he played a lot at belly up down in san diego and i'm sure he played in la too but I, think, I mostly remember seeing him in, in, in Santa Barbara. I think during his peak, when he was touring, like during that time, the dude must have been doing like 360 shows a year. Like, I'm not even kidding. He had I mean, he was constantly on the road, um, yeah. which is, um, yeah, I'm sure all the money went to him. But um, yeah, su super great, super great uh, tracks, uh, two in a row there. I'm going to shift a little bit now over to um, a band that I think really doesn't get enough credit. Um, but if you listen to their albums, like I would put them up against anything that those three bands have done. And um, that is the selector. Um, now they were different because they had a female lead singer and she kicked a lot of ass. Um, mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed their music. And I don't know if you remember, but your sister actually oh, sang yeah. in unsteady with us and we did we sang this song i'm gonna play next um and she actually sang with us in the band for a little bit i don't know were, were you gone yeah. you were gone then you already went to ucsb yeah, yeah that's right you yep. left we got eric wimmers on keyboards um, he was there before i left but then chris de silva came in and and shawnee started singing yep and i think you had some other people that, that joined in too that i think john roy picked up on on horns after a while and yep john roy stepped in and um he answered an ad that we had put at san diego state i had put flyers everywhere um on campus one day in between classes and no was i no i was a senior then i didn't go to state till next year yeah you were still in high school yeah yeah i don't remember someone did someone put flyers up there and john roy responded and then he came in and kind of thankfully took the reins um because i really didn't want to do it um uh, i just wanted to play um but yeah. yeah so we got shawnee in and we did a fantastic rendition um of this track which is called on my 
Radio.
I'm I'm still kind of laughing slash kicking myself at that comment I made about Dave Lakeling and UCSB. What do you mean? Oh, that he got a lot of tail <laughs> playing all those college. Oh. But- <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I don't know where that came from. And I'm like, because I've been to UCSB. I've partied there before. And that was, man, I don't know how you got a degree from that place. And you were just like, well, you know. You guys must have some very good um, uh, multitasking skills, I guess. I don't know. Or just persistence. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I, I Yeah, Isla Vista holds. I have lots of memories that I'm going to leave in Isla Vista. So. Yeah. Um, so that was. Stay there. Yeah, right. Um, so that was um, Do Nothing by the Specials off their second record. Now. You know, uh, their self-titled album comes out, produced by Elvis Costello. It was amazing. It was frenetic. It was, you know, just with a bunch of energy. And then their second album came out, and it was a much different tone to it, right? It was very much uh, world-weary. It was very subdued. Um, yeah, and it did dark s- even. It was very dark. I mean, you know, they they uh, there was a lot, as I mentioned earlier, there was a lot going on in the UK during that time. And I think that... Um, you know, they self-produced this, this, that's that record. Well, Jerry Dammers did. Jerry Dammers was their founder and their, their keyboard player. He was a bit of a whack job. Um, and I heard just, it was a horrible experience in the studio, uh, for them without having a producer, but I love this record. I actually love it as much as I love their debut. Um, yeah. What about you? What do you think? No, I, I love it too. Like you said, though, it's, it's completely different. Um, completely different record. The thing that I love the most about the specials, and I think you can't really speak about style without talking about it is just how like forward they were on, on racial equality. And it's just so, it's so germane right now to everything we've been going through in the last six months here in the U S like it just feel like, um, I almost forget how important that was to us even then. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Nelson Mandela was, had still, was still in prison. Yep. And uh, the special saying the song "Free and Free Nelson Mandela," and I just and there was a lot going on racially in San Diego at the time too. There were Nazi skinheads, the San Diego Boot Boys, and there were you know skinheads against racial prejudice. And so there was a whole part of the scene that was like about these guys you know beating the crap out of each other because of their different positions and the different you know different positions on racial equality. And God, we had some guys from high school go to prison for killing somebody that were that were skinheads um, my senior year in high school. Yep. And um, I just, it's so interesting to me to be like 30 years later and how important that is. Um, and, you know, to feel, I guess I feel like I have a little bit of street cred because I cared about that stuff that, that long ago. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I mean, you could literally drop any of that, any of that music into today and it's like, yeah, this is totally relevant. Um I, I would like to think that we've made some prog- more progress than we actually have, but I think as long as we keep that kind of music, you know, that, that message close to us and, you know, I, I think that that's, that's what we can do right now. Um, let's, let's, I think what I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think there's a lot of parallels between, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of the strife in, in England was, was in the, in the 1970s and early eighties was driven by, uh, you know, economic, really hard economic times. Um, and I think we're seeing that too now, right here. We've got a lot of kind of socioeconomic distance, um, that is driving racial strife as well. And I, I don't think it's very different. It's just across the pond and a, a few decades later, but it still feels like it does a lot of those same issues. You had a, you had a very unpopular prime minister. You have a very unpopular, well, not as unpopular as I'd like, but an unpopular <laughs> outgoing president. Um, you know, that's, and there's a lot, I mean, it's, a, it's the same, you're right. It, 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 yeah. it's, it, that was a blueprint really for what we're, you know, seeing today. Um, and I agree with you, like, you know, I think when, when, when you look at it and especially when, when I talk to my kids, like we've, you know, it, 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 it's not lost on me, the importance of making sure that they're aware that like, this is completely cyclical and like, they have the opportunity to like, stop, they can stop it. You know what I mean? Like our kids are going to be yeah. able to make a change, uh, you know, make policy changes that will, will have an effect on that. So, um, that was a, that was a great, great little, um, little chat there. Um, let's, let's seg into something a little bit more upbeat. What do you think? Let's, um, (laughs) we're going to play your favorite beat song, uh, possibly your favorite 
one of your favorite singles of all time. Uh, and that is going to be save it for later, um, off of, uh, uh, special beat service. And I will say this before I play it, even for people that aren't fans of Scott, they, this song comes on and I, everyone is always like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This song. I love this song. You know, yep. it's just one of those songs that kind of transcends like, uh, you know, genre or, or time, if you will. Cause I mean, this was what 83, 84 when that came out, yep. something, something like that. So yep. it's a fantastic song. So here is, um, save it for later by the English beat.
Well, that was uh, that was actually one of my one of my favorite Madness songs off their their earlier uh, their earlier tracks. What about you? Yeah, always one of my favorites. I think I first had that. I think the first CD I ever owned was uh, the Peel Sessions that Madness did. So it was four songs, um, including that one, and that was one of my favorites from 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 very very early on. I still have that CD. I, I sold most of my. I, I spent a, a couple of years like ripping every CD I had onto like two terabyte uh, hard drives. Mm-hmm which of course I never flipping use anymore. So that was a great use of time. And then I sold them all. I think I got like 50 bucks for 10,000 CDs or something. Um, And then, uh, but I saved that one. I still have it. And then out of sheer curiosity, I'm like, I'm going to go see how much this is going for online for like vinyl. And it's ridiculous. It's in the hundreds of dollars. I'm like, that's not happening. Oh my God. Yeah. I won't even tell you. I used to buy, I had a whole collection of, madness um 45 and an extended like uh, remixes 12 inches yeah. oh yeah and i mean i, I threw them all away because i got rid of my record player and Corey. i they're probably worth thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars now that's your kid's college yeah. fund right there <laughs> i know i know jeez that's like the down payment on a ford festiva or something <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? I was going to play something else, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm moving the tracks around. Um, and I'm, I'm going to, we're going to, um, I'm going to close out the episode. Cause I feel like that was a great way to end the, to end the segment. Um, but I do want to, um, so we touched a little bit on, well, we didn't really touch on it, but we, we, we talked about third wave of Scott, right? So, after yep. you know uh the specials broke up and english beat went their separate ways right so uh two of them went and formed general public and then the other two went and formed fine young cannibals um and then madness kind of broke up got back together broke up got back together um in southern california there was this really interesting um third wave of ska that that kind of popped out um in the late 90s or in the mid 90s sorry um, yeah. and we got to see a lot of it, which was cool. Some bands were great. Um, like no doubt, uh, some yep. bands were not, um, I'm not going to name any names cause that's, that's mean spirited and we don't do that on this show. Um, <laughs> but there was a lot of crappy third wave ska that came out. Um, and I got to play with a lot of them when I was in, in unsteady, but, uh, what, what did you kind of, um, think about that third wave? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, some of it was really good. I mean, I, I, I think as I got, um, a, a little bit, I think I got a little bit older, I think I, I sort of headed off into kind of the punk land. I guess that I was kind of in there anyway, but right. I think one of the ones that was really interesting to me coming out of that was, uh, was Operation Ivy, obviously, mm-hmm. um, in probably 86 and 87, uh, which of course that's. Tim Armstrong and yep. uh, Rancid from Rancid. Right. So, but, but early on, um, and I think, and obviously no doubt to me is the one that, uh, was just an amazing, by far the biggest uh, ska band, you know, to come out of, out of that era. Um, and you know, that, that was really fun to have seen them a bunch of times in little tiny clubs all over Southern California. The sad and thing is to watch is- them, the sad thing is, is they through in arenas. Yeah, but I mean they they their first record came out. It well, it had the unfortunate uh timing of coming out at the same year as Nevermind. So I don't think anybody paid yeah. attention to anything but Nirvana no. that year. So their first record, which was super ska, um yeah. really failed. And they had to, you know, with Tragic Kingdom was a very watered down version. Um so I love that album, but mostly because it's no doubt, not because it's in particular exactly um exactly but i think the key thing with those guys is her brother eric stefani left the band and yep. he was really the like driving force for that like ska piece of it the keyboard he played keyboards and um and you know i think they became more rock rock and pop after that um yep. but still great still a great band but definitely less less ska yeah, he was he was a big part of that i i, I saw him years later um at a, at soma at a show and I remember I was there with, with Sonny, with my wife, and I kept looking over and staring at this guy, and he kept looking back and staring at me. And it was very, because I'm like, is that Eric Stefani? And of course, Sonny was like, who? And I'm like, you know, yeah. like, what random person is this? I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, but uh, he, he. Oh, you never talked to him? 
No, I was just like, he was enjoying the show. He was with somebody. You know, I'm not going to go up and be like, yo, yeah. man, are you like Eric Stefani? <laughs> but in a very weird, weird twist uh, of fate, my my stepmom, who is a uh, clothing designer, she ended up designing um, Gwen Stefani's clothing line year, a few years ago, uh, Lamb. Wow. So she got to um, put uh, two seasons worth of, of clothes together with her. And of course, I, was, I, I mailed her a bunch of like, I mailed her my old, uh, I have no doubts, um, demo tape. Demo tape, yeah. And an old flyer. And she, got, she gave it to Gwen. And Gwen was like, holy crap, like, where did you get this? And she's like, oh, my stepson <laughs> used to go see you play in San Diego all the time. So she signed it. But uh, that was a very weird kind of like surreal thing. But um, for me- um, I, I got a little excited a few years ago, actually it was a little more than a few years ago because, um, Amy Winehouse, uh, uh, there were some bootleg copies of some special songs that she had covered. Uh, and she didn't just wow. cover them live. Like she actually went into the studio and cut some tracks and it's now available. You can get it online. Uh, and the rumor was cool. is that she actually cut, uh, the entire debut album of the specials. And I'm like, I I am like wishing that they would just release it because there's only like three or four songs now and I'm going to close out. um, I'm going to close out uh, with a, with a cover with one of them. Um, So I hope that you guys enjoy it. Corey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I I really, this has been a a super highlight. And, you know, as I mentioned at the top of it, you know, thank you for, uh, for introducing me to, uh, to ska. Um, And I hope that, uh, I hope this was fun for you. So, Loved it. Awesome. Loved every minute of it. Good. Again. Let's definitely do it again. Uh, and for those of you listening, if you're so inclined, please check out my other podcast, uh, Pop Culture Podcast, uh, Tacos and Turntables. And as always, uh, be kind to each other and stay safe. And we're going to close out with Amy Winehouse covering Hey Little Rich Girl by The Specials. Shoo-doo. Shoo-doo. You cause him so much honey. Shoo-doo. Shoo-doo. 